Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking? Hey, how what? Not a lot. Last episode, we were talking about our Christmas trees. And yeah. before we get too far down the December pathway and I lose the time, I know one time you were lecturing me about how I haven't seen all the good Christmas movies. So what are your top, what are the ones I've got to hit for sure? Well, have you, did the lecture begin because you hadn't seen A Christmas Vacation? The lecture began because you made a reference to Christmas Which Vacation. Which means you've not seen it. I've seen it once and you said, quote, that doesn't even count. You can't just watch it once. You can't watch it once. Watching it <laughs> once is like, I mean, not, not maybe watching not even it at once. all. I've seen it like a handful of times, so but it's not a, on my annual went through one. a period of my life. I would go down a rabbit hole every year and spend some time by myself, a couple glasses of wine, and watch It's a Wonderful Life. So have you watched It's a Wonderful Life? I have, admittedly, not that many times. So That's it, a long one. It's a Wonderful Life is very, very relevant to the business that you're now in. Mm-hmm. And I would advise you, I think it's very important for you to watch it again from the lens of being involved now in the financial markets, banking, etc. Um, there are a couple of scenes in there that are extremely relevant to uh, our society as a whole. And we went through the banking crisis, the regional banking crisis earlier this year, 2023. And I would quote uh, that Jimmy Stewart scene where he goes, rushes back, leaves leaves the, the, the cab or the limo or whatever it was as he was going on his honeymoon. There's a bank run going on at the savings alone. He goes in and he's explaining to the people that their money is not there. Their money is in Bob's house or... Dan's house or whatever, and that's how a bank works. And if they all want their money, the bank is going to collapse. And it's interesting to me, not much has changed. Uh, there's some you know, reserve requirements that have occurred, but there's a final scene where they're dancing to the safe with $1 left. They gave out all the money they had, but they had $1 left, or whatever it was, a 5, a 10, I don't remember, but that allowed them to open the next day. And it tells you, it's a glimpse into what our financial system is all about. And I love that movie. I love that movie from the historical aspect. I love that, you know, that that nostalgia of it. Uh, it is a little bit long. That's why you got to have a couple glasses of wine. But it's, it's a fantastic movie. What do you know about that? Merry Christmas! I'm not, you know... I go back and forth last year because my kids are a little bit older. We tried to watch the Die Hard is a, you know, Die Hard, hey, it's a Christmas movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think we all just like fell asleep or, I mean, it's just, you know. I haven't seen Die Hard, to be honest with you. Mm. That's one I, mm. I know. I know. Mm. I knew you were going to be mad about that. No, I'm not mad about it. It's just, <laughs> it's just like these are these things you got to just put in the repertoire. Like you just have to do it. Thanks for the advice. Just to have it in I the repertoire. I think I might have started it and fallen asleep. Yeah, it's not. Which I mean, th- there's a big buildup. I had forgotten the big buildup of, and there's a lot of scenes, not just the yippee kaye, but there's a lot of scenes that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my kids are watching this. Which is true of so many movies I watched growing up, 
And then all of a sudden, they like even Goonies, one of my all-time favorite kid movies. And then you know you're playing it in the car. I'll never forget this. And there's like all these. You know, slipper the tongue, and I'm like, my wife is mortified. My kids are like, what is that? Slipper the tongue? What? I'm, I listen. I'm just quoting the movie, but seriously, I'm like, what? I don't remember any of that nonsense. Whatever. What other Christmas movie? I don't know. We went through this phase where my wife wanted us all to sit down and watch Polar Express. Oh, I love Polar Express. Thankfully, we've evolved out of that because it's what? like it's depressing and so no, sappy. That's such a good. Oh, the I got, bell! Come on, that's so oh. good, Quint. I got so excited because the other day I got sucked on social media. Somebody posted Polar Express Two's coming out, and I got so what? fired up. And then I flipped over to Google because I've it been played before. High School Musical Four came out like six times by now. <laughs> And I punched it in, and it was fake, and I was yeah. crushed because they were. It was supposed to be live action, mm. and that would have been amazing to see in theaters. Yeah, oh, well, I love the we Express. we watch Elf. We love that movie as a family, and then Home Alone, classic. Our new, we always watched um, Elf was like our classic Christmas yeah. Eve kind of one we watch as a family. Oh, he's an angry but little elf. Not long ago, we switched over. He's an angry little elf. Call me Elf. One more time. Christmas with the Cranks. Really? That one, my family one? will be rolling. Yeah. Because it kind of, my parents, I hope they don't listen to this episode. I they're a lot like them. the Cranks oh, in some wow. ways. Like the scene where she's like, I can't remember the daughter's name, but the daughter's coming home and she was like, oh, she's coming home. She's like freaking out, running nice. around the house. My dad is like, that is your mother. Every single time you guys call. That's great. Yeah, it's great holiday season. Hopefully you uh, out there, I'm I'm certain among our listener audience, there's not such joy among everybody. Uh, so hang in there if you're struggling this holiday season for whatever reason. Uh, because, again, I, I, I certainly have empathy for people who either have, you know, challenging times going on financially or personally or in their family. And and please know that there's, uh, you know, there's there's greater meaning to life than just uh, one day of the year and, and Christmas trees and movies. So hopefully you find some some peace and, and respite in that. All right. Uh, some other housekeeping odds and ends that we forgot on our last podcast. So this podcast and all podcasts sponsored by our advisory firm, Jewel Financial. J-O-U-L-E, financial.com. Please visit us on the web. If you think you might need to have a conversation with an advisor, regardless of where you are, we, we talk to folks and work with folks all over the United States. Um, you can check us out there. Also, we got to keep those questions coming. Send an audio file to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Just open your phone. There's a usually a voice memo area. You can record your question. You can email it to us. Keep it under a minute or less. If we use it on the show, we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. We've got a junior today, DIY Money Junior, barely, 17, but still junior nonetheless. Kira, what do you got? DIY! Hi, DIY Money, Quint, Daniel, Abby, and Logan. I have a question. I'm 17 and have a part-time job. I currently split 75% into my Roth and 25% into my target date fund account. Do you think I should do the reverse instead, or should I just put everything into my Roth? I don't need to use this money. It's strictly for investments. Thank you. Kira from Los Angeles. Okay. Wow. I love when we hear questions and they are just on fire for finance. Kira's got it going on. Got it going on. On fire. So, you know, I'll let Allie talk a little bit more about the percentages. Quite frankly, I, I don't care. 
at this stage in the game because you know you it doesn't sound like you need the money but maybe you eventually buy a car and you know you can take Roth money out you would pay tax on the gains and and some penalty on the gain but the deposits you know so there's there's nuances here or there but the fact that you're just saving a ton of your money and you're you're investing and you're you know you're starting through the process uh, is amazing absolutely amazing now we did have some questions about the semantics because you mentioned investing 75 percent into a roth and then you said 25 percent into a target date fund so what we're assuming also dangerous is that the 25 percent is going into like a general brokerage account let's call it your robin hood account or maybe you've set up a roth at vanguard and Again, it's going to be a custodial Roth because you're not 18 yet, but maybe you set up also a custodial account there and you're investing it. I don't know. That's the way I'm going to take it. But what you didn't mention was what you're investing in in your Roth, if in fact my assumption is correct and, and you're asking for the breakdown of where to put the various dollars. So I believe inside the Roth, you follow the same thought process that you're doing in your, quote, brokerage account or your custodial account, your non-retirement account, let's call it. And just doing a target date fund, uh, and that makes a ton of sense, in my opinion. You keep it uh, balanced, you keep it, or you know, diversified, asset allocated, and as you get older, it will uh, certainly, you know, become less aggressive on the stock side. The one area, Kira, I want to encourage you, and you listen. You can poo-poo this. You can say I have no desire to do this, and that's fine. But I want you to experience what it's like to invest in an actual company. I really, even if it's a small portion, ten bucks, fifty dollars, whatever. I want you to start to learn and understand what it's like to invest in these companies. Now, why? Why would I say that when we get so many questions? And I tell people, keep it simple: buy an index fund, buy a target date fund. Well. For the same reason I'm sitting here at age 46 doing this as a career, I loved owning companies. I loved it. And when I got my first shares in McDonald's at age 12, it changed the trajectory of my life forever. Yep. So the reality is you may find that same thing. You may buy some whatever, fill in the blank, Nike, you know, Tesla, I don't know. You may buy some stock that you're, you know, a fan of, that you like their products, that you wear, that you use. And all of a sudden, you start getting really interested in that. They're sending you their their updates, their shareholder letters. And heaven forbid, you actually read one and you're like, well, this is kind of cool. And it may spark an interest in you that evolves and develops into a career path. A, a potential trajectory. You may go, you know what? I don't care. I mean, I got I got sons that love the idea of investing. And the other day at breakfast, I asked my 16-year-old, I said, have you looked at your Robinhood account in a while? And he's like, no, I really haven't. Now, he owns two stocks in there. One he chose, Microsoft. One I chose, Airbnb. Guess who's doing better? He probably is. Crushing That's it. That's how it goes. And he was like, you know, and the funny thing is, last time he looked, which was like six months ago, he's like, people pay you for this? Like, what? Like, we got to hire him on at the firm. No, no, no. Because <laughs> the reality is he didn't care. Like, yeah. He didn't care. Well, that's, he, he, that's how you he get was, the winners He sometimes. was like, oh, yeah. He pulled it up at breakfast. He's like, wow. 
So Microsoft's like double. I'm like, yeah. He's like, take that, that cool? dad. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think Airbnb is gonna gonna be just fine. But anyways, um, but he's it's not planting the seed that it did for me, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, he understands compound interest. He understands investing. He's he got he's got that. I mean, he's not he doesn't have it, but I mean, he's he's grasping that. But being an analyst or you know, a, an individual stock investor, not for him. What I'm saying is you may find that you like this whole finance thing, Kira, but you start buying individual stocks and you're like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. And you like what Allie says on the podcast and you like the idea of being a financial planner or, you know, who knows? Or you're like, no, I'm going to be a doctor and save the world, but I got to be a wise investor because I'm going to make a million dollars a year. Well, then great. So it's an exploratory process that you can learn, and it's the only thing I would add is I, I'd love to see her buy a few shares here and there of some individual stocks. What say you, Ali? I want to hit pause, first pause. of all. Pause. I think there was a lot of terminology thrown out in, in Kira's very insightful question. So I want to first break down some of that terminology to make sure our listeners know what we're talking about. So some of the... The definitions or the terms that she used, she said a target date fund. So what that means is we talk about like this idea of mutual funds or index funds, which is kind of a basket. So they put a lot of different stocks and bonds into a basket and then they sell you the basket instead of selling you what's in the basket. And so with a target date fund, all that means is as you own that basket, they're going to keep adjusting what's in the basket. They might put more stocks in at certain times, and then later in life, they might start putting more bonds in. But since you own the basket and not what's in it, you don't have to worry about the intricacies of changing what's in it. So that's essentially what a target date fund does. And then I'll talk about, you said Roth, um, which I think we talk about quite a bit. So you can probably, if you want more info on that, go back and listen to one of those podcasts. But Roth just means a retirement account where you've already paid the tax. And the beauty of that is if you already pay the tax when you're 17, by the time you retire when you're 62 or 65 or whatever it might be. Kira, 55. 50, maybe Probably 50. Maybe 50. Yeah. She might beat us out She's of retirement. She's She's gone. <laughs> She's gone. By the time that you do actually retire, you don't have to pay the IRS any taxes on that money, and now it's yours to keep without that, which can be huge, especially when you're that young and it has time to compound, versus the other term you'll hear with retirement accounts is traditional, which just means not a Roth. You defer your taxes, meaning instead of paying them when you put the contribution in, you pay them when you take the money out. So I did want to pause there and talk about a few of those definitions. Now I'll get into what Quint told me to talk about, uh, which is your specific percentage of income to Roth. So right now you said you're contributing 25% to Roth, or sorry, 75% to Roth, 25% to your individual account. I think that's fantastic. It would be hard to give your recommendation to someone without knowing the full picture. And so Quint talked about this a little bit. 
But the most important thing to keep in mind as you're trying to figure out what percent to put into your Roth retirement account, what percent to put into your traditional account, which for now you set as target date funds, could be something else later, like Quint was talking about, comes down to when you need the money. If you truly look at the trajectory and maybe, you know, you're going to college and then you're going to start your job and you really don't plan on like maybe your parents gifted you a car or you've already purchased a car because you're a baller which might be the case here whatever it might be you don't anticipate needing that money for a very long time then absolutely set yourself up super well for retirement put as much as you would like into a Roth account and just let that money grow I think that's fantastic however Keep in mind that any money you put into your Roth retirement account, you don't get to pull out just whenever you want. Now, yes, as Quint said, there are some technicalities of certain things they'll let you pull the money out for without penalty or interest. But as a generic rule of thumb, I won't get into that. Just keep in mind that most of the time, if you need those funds, you're going to have to pay the IRS some penalties and pay some interest as well on those funds if you want them out. So, As you're approaching that question, I would encourage you to think through how much money are you going to need and when? And then it seems like you're a very um, intelligent person. So then kind of back into how much should I be setting aside to touch whenever I want? And then how much do I want to let that compounding interest that we talk about all the time work in my favor and just absolutely start balling out for retirement? You used balling twice. Balling. You're at your cap. That's no a, more balling. No cap. <laughs> That's <laughs> an old slang term. That's not a new one. Uh, showing my age. There was a meme I saw, and some guy said, what if you used your 90s slang today? And the guy was like, came up on a group of kids, and he was like, where's the where's the party at? Like, I don't even know what he called No, he called him, <laughs> shoot, what do he call him? Like, ah, oh, now my whole thing died. Oh, my God! He called him something, and, the, and it was like a hip term in the 90s, which, of course, now I don't remember. And, oh, shorty? I don't know, whatever. And shoddy? the guy, shoddy? Shoddy? Anyways, the guy got so mad. It was just a skit, you know, whatever. But it was funny. It was, uh, Was this a video or a meme? Let's just close You said a meme. Let's, whatever it was. I don't even know the terminology now. Is it now. a GIF? All right, let's flip it. Uh, <laughs> let's let's end this just terrible finish that I just Absolute kept. train wreck yeah, to end this sorry. episode. <laughs> Kira, thanks so much for that question. <laughs> we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. I'm sorry that I just made a fool of myself. But nonetheless, that's sometimes what happens. Remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.